on this episode of Why Watch That. Uh, we got Gandhi frustrated. We got Picasso, uh, Albert, Mother uh, everybody. Teresa. Mother Teresa, the things that come out of Mother Teresa's mouth. Now, not gremlins, like. Nah, 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 okay, nah, nah. I was like the 80s, like gremlin. What are we talking about? The, I was, I went right there. I was like, okay, um, okay. Is this part two, three, four? Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, orchestral. And then you get something wonderful from the king and I? Perfect! He will not always say in this movie. The kids better be sleep and make sure the fan is going on in the room and the doors are locked. <laughs> don't mess with that queen, I'm gonna tell you that. No, you don't. Miranda Priestly would have to come correct, okay? Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head -head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here uh -oh. in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk, and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. A why watch that sneak peek? Sometimes in life, things are unexpected. We all know this. Things come at you you're not planning for. You're listening to this and you're going, why is he talking? Isn't it the ref's turn? <laughs> no, because the ref is on a tear being a critic. I'm the ref, she's the critic, and this time it's so. Ooh, I like so. I got so. Do you got so? I got a bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> now soul everyone we don't normally do animated films but sometimes we catch a whiff of one and we go let's talk about it it's worth it now the ref has seen all of it i've seen most of it but this is the ref's baby right now and soul everybody will be coming at you on christmas day <gasps> i love christmas yes on disney plus <gasps> Wait a minute. Do we have to pay for like Milan? No, they, they're not doing that again. Oh, um, good. So if you have Disney Plus, you'll have Soul on December 25th. Now, the question is, is this going to be the kind of animated movie where we all can watch it? Or is it something where you just plop the kids down and you go, you know, to eating whatever you want to eat and, you know, having a bit of libations? That's the question. <laughs> well, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a. Disney Pixar film, so that's promising. Directed by Pete Docter, written by Pete, Mike Jones, and Kemp Powers. Very interesting. We've heard him before. One Night, Night Miami. Miami. Yes, mm -hmm. very interesting. And it's starring Jamie Foxx. Now, oh. when the ref gets into the story, it makes sense that it's Jamie Foxx. Of course. And I didn't look at this cast list, ref, as I was watching. I was guessing voices. So, yes. Tina Fey is in the voice cast. Questlove, Felicia Rashad, I knew who that was. Yes. David Diggs, Angela Bassett, I knew who that was as well. Mm-hmm. She's like Alice a new Braga. Age. <laughs> Alice Braga. You know her coming a mile away. I, the, some of the casting, the voice casting was very interesting. I really enjoyed that. So tell us about Soul Ref. What's going on here? Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful title for it's appropriate. It's absolutely yeah. appropriate. Okay, so we have a guy named Joe. 
and you know you get that disney castle thing happening in the beginning as you do all disney movies and but the music that's playing <laughs> that classic disney wish when you wish upon a star sounds like my god a third grade band mm. turns out it is <laughs> Turns out it is a elementary school band and they're just plunking through and except for one girl I mean she's she decides to I'm going to take a solo right in the middle of this and she just takes her little instrument and goes to town and at the front of the classroom you have the guy named Joel Joe and he is getting through it the best he can still excited and says no 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 wait stop kids let me show you what it means to be in the zone i mean i want to show you how to really connect with your instrument and he goes to the piano mm. and he starts playing and he and, and literally it is the coolest jazz you know piano you've heard and you can just watch joe get lost in him playing this beautiful instrument and of course Joe is played by Jamie Foxx who of course plays the piano that's what the critic was talking about mm. and when he opens his eyes the kids are like okay <laughs> can we go now as joe makes it way back you know out of the classroom uh he gets a special offer from the principal and the principal says to him hey we want to offer you something special And when you hear what it is, you would think Joe is more than excited, but he's not. He's crushed. Why? Why is he crushed? Because he heard and that music. He heard that music. <laughs> he's crushed. Why is he crushed? And on top of that, what will it cost him if he decides to take the principal up on this sp particular offer? Mm. On his way back home, he stops by his mother's shop, who's played by Felicia Rashad. And she is over the moon at this potential situation, whereas Joe is not. Why? Mm. Why is the mother happy and why is Joe not? And as Joe is going back home to make a really tough decision, he gets a phone call. Oh, mm. it is a phone call he's been waiting for for many years because Joe not only teaches music, but he's also wanting to be a full-time jazz musician for some of the great jazz players like someone in his family we won't go into that <laughs> and the phone call is like hey we've got the star jazz band with the star jazz uh saxophone player come down do the interview or the audition and if you get it you're gonna be playing for her tonight mm. joe runs goes to the audition who's you know angela bassett plays the uh uh the famous jazz musician Questlove plays the uh, famous drummer who, who's calling him. And Joe loses himself again into the music. And as he comes to, he looks over and sees that everyone else was just as lost as he was in his music. He gets the gig. I'm not ruining that. No. But the question then becomes what happens to Joe mm. as he's leaving the audition on his way home. Something very unexpected happens to him to the point where he is lifted to the great, the outskirts of the great beyond. Mm. Hmm. Is he dead? I don't know. Yeah. Did he have an outer body, body experience? Who knows? Did he get into the zone and get lost in there? Mm. Mm. But what we do know is in this outer skirts of the great beyond, there are souls there. Some souls are people who are going to the great beyond and some souls who have never even experienced earth enters 22 played by Tina Fey. Now, every soul who hasn't entered into earth has to find a spark. They have to find a reason why they would go down and go into earth. Some people would say a purpose. I don't know. Other people may say something else, but they need to have it in order to get the earth badge to go down and live out their lives. Well, 22 has been in the outer skirts of the great beyond for quite some time. Why? Because she is a problem soul. The soul is problem. 
And she gives everybody a problem. When I tell you everybody, <laughs> some of the most famous people that you will ever know. We got Gandhi frustrated. We got Picasso, Albert Mother Einstein. Everybody, Mother Teresa, the things that come out of Mother Teresa's mouth. Woo! All kind of, Freud is everybody's frustrated with 22. And the question then becomes, how are 22 and Joe introduced? Why are they introduced? And what task does Joe have to make sure that 22 gets her spark? Because he's trying to either, I'll just leave it out there, he's either trying to get back to Earth. And the question then becomes, how does he get back to Earth so that he can finish his gig? That's the gist Mm -hmm. of Soul. Yeah. How does Joe get back to the life? And does he really need to get back to that life? Yeah. Of course, there's self-discovery. It's Disney. La, 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 la. Now, what I'll throw um, in as another wrinkle ref, just to leave it out in the open is, you do not have to be dead to be in this soul place. No. no. You do not also have to be waiting to be born. You can be alive now. So the question, like the ref is saying about Joe, what state or states is he in? Is he in and the people around him? So there you go. And I'd said purposely on the outer skirts of the great beyond, because once you go to the great beyond, that is it. (laughs) And, you know, will 22 get her spark? You know, that's that's really the question. Now, I have to say this. This is part of the plot. I didn't want to ruin it because you don't see it in the trailer. But I will say that when we are dealing with just just to note so I can wet your whistle without ruining it, when you're dealing with what it looks like to go back and forth between the outer skirts of the great beyond and Earth, you you, you need to make sure you do it right. (laughs) Because if you don't do it right, you may end up in a very interesting state. Mm. When you're on Earth, and that's also part of the journey. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to let you go ahead and, 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 and give your take and I'll, I'll definitely, you know, end it. Um, but I'm going to supersede you by saying what a great Christmas movie, what a perfect movie during Christmas. But the question is why? Hmm. Yeah. I just have, um, just a quick thought and then I want to listen to what you have to say. What I would say is if you're thinking like my question, is this something where the whole family can gather around and enjoy? I think so. Now it's not going to be the kind of movie where most adults going to be like, Oh my goodness. You know, I can't believe it, but it will keep your attention, especially all of my adults out here. If you like jazz and you have a kid going, what is that noise? (laughs) This is a great movie to introduce them to that. They handle that. Also what I thought was really great. One of the themes ref that's, Uh, stood out to me was what if you don't know what you want to do and what you want to be especially kids most kids do not know and adults ask what do you want to be when you grow up they don't know and a lot of kids are shy about that and won't even tell you you know just how troubling that can be and I think this movie if you have a kid in your life like that have them watch this they really deal with that from so many different angles uh, it was well thought out so that's what i would say I, I think for those two groups if you could meet in the middle then soul is for you well here's i'm glad you dealt with the kids stuff because i'm going to deal with the adult stuff mm. i think that this is the reason why i think it's a perfect movie for christmas is especially the second half of soul there's some pretty goofy things that happen, especially, you know, I was alluding to what, how do you get back to earth if you ain't fully supposed to be there in that way? There's some funny, um, goofy things and, and the way Jamie Foxx's character, Joe shows up back on earth and, and if does Tina Fey ever make it and, and how do they work as a team? That's funny and silly for kids, but on the adult side, I think this is such a wonderful movie dealing with a lot of adult things because yes, the movie is, the music is mature. It's not the classic Disney, you know, oh, there's the song and we're just going to sing it. Mm -hmm. It's mature music. It's jazz. And it's also dealing with mature themes like what is a midlife crisis? What if you want something your whole life that you've ignored everything else around you? People, things, the way you see your city, what happens if you spend your life going for something and it doesn't just it doesn't happen? 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think those are some interesting, um, especially during this year, some interesting themes to tackle around. And all the while your kids are laughing, I think you'll sort of be touched in an interesting way. Um, I was even a person in the arts going for something for so long and not seeing a result. And then finally having it happen. And you thought, oh, that's it. You know, that kind of thing. So um, it also deals with something even greater and nearer to my heart. And that is the essence that everybody has a soul. I'm not going to get all droopy on you, but I think this is something that kids and adults alike need to remember that before we came to this earth, whether you believe or not, there is something special about each of us, something Mm -hmm. specific, something very unique. No fingerprint is, is the same for a reason. And no personality is the same for a reason as explored in this movie. I think that's a wonderful thing to drive home, even as we're all dealing with the hardships of 2020 and um, also the um, nastiness around this election time that you forget that people do have a soul. I think this is such a, a cute little way just to remind us that we um, are not universes revolving around ourselves, that we are um, we, we are a part of something bigger and greater and we have purpose while on Earth. So there's my whoo, 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 <laughs> review. I need a tissue. So <laughs> will be available December 25th only on Disney Plus. So there you go. And I think, Ref, you would say if you don't have that, then get it definitely for a month. It's like five dollars. Well, come on, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, just, you know, ask for your uh, your your brother who has all those kids. Ask for his password. <laughs> yes, and it is Christmas time, so you will get what you ask for. <laughs> <laughs> Another why watch that sneak peek. We have a sneak peek called Shadow in the Cloud. That's mm-hmm. coming to us in select theaters. But also video on demand. (laughs) And, you know, if we're dealing with this, this is, you know, hopefully when we click over to January 1st, maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be, maybe everything will go away and go back to normal. Yes. But just in case it doesn't, this is on video on demand. So if you don't want to go to the theater, it's okay. This comes to us from the director, Roseanne Liang, and Max Landis and Roseanne wrote it. So it's a dual kind of thing. Now, I the reason why I say Max Landis is because he wrote um, that show, that movie Bright with uh, mm-hmm. Will Smith. Right. There you go with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, this cast, I, I'm going to have to be honest with you. I do not know a lot of these cast members. Um, some of them look familiar. They look like very TV kind of folks. Yeah. But I think you will be able to carry us through that much better then I do know Chloe Grace. Um, Moretz. Mm-hmm. Moretz. Sorry, I just lost the page. <laughs> <laughs> Moretz is in it. Nick Robinson and, you know, a number of other people that you, I know you know from TV and you can go through that with us. Again, this is, this is, this, uh, what, what, what do we have really going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, that is question what do we really have going on here now who the ref mentioned is really the two big names that you would know uh chloe and nick um so here's what's happening we start the movie ref and we see you know there's this this character she's typing up these orders why is she doing that on a locker we see a sticker of a gremlin now Okay, now not gremlins, like... Okay, it was like the 80s, like gremlin. what are we talking about? I was, I went right there. I was like, okay, um, okay, is this part two, three, four? Yeah, Uh, now I don't know about feeding them after midnight, but these are gremlins on a sticker. You're already going, okay, what kind of movie am I in for now? So again, she's typing up these orders. You're asking yourself why. And then we find out that this is Chloe playing a female flight officer who's boarding a bomber with an all-male crew in New Zealand during World War II. Okay. How does that go over? I'm trying to figure it out. Were there female flight officers during World War II? Right? Well, the all-male crew's never heard of it. I'll tell you that. Now, uh, Chloe's character's name, by the way, is Maud. She's charged with protecting some sort of top-secret package. But what is it exactly? We can't see. And 
By the way, her arm is in a sling for some reason. So she's carrying this package, arms in a sling. She's a, a, a flight officer on this bomber telling them, look, you got to take me here. This is top secret. Now, after all of this commotion, she winds up being put in the turret. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's the movable gunner's enclosure. So when they're okay. shooting, that's where they put her during takeoff and she can't get out. Why? Mm. Now, during that time in the turret, she sees things outside of the windows, including a shadow. But a shadow of what? Now, when you're thinking about this, you're going, okay, what are they really carrying here? What's following them, if anything? Or is all of this a figment of her uh, maybe there, the rest of the crew's imaginations? So that's what's happening. I can't give it all the way. When you see, you'll go, oh, wait a minute. What's actually, what am I seeing? What are they seeing? And how are they going to react to it? Now, I will say this about the movie. There is urgency from the beginning. And for much of it, it's Chloe in that turret communicating with the rest of the crew via radio. So you see her, you hear them, and it works just fine because they keep it moving. Now, it does get ridiculous in a Die Hard meets horror film sort of way. So that's what you should think of, everybody. Die Hard is a horror movie, but it's all on purpose. And they do have a sense of humor. So I would say it's solid one-time viewing, especially since now it's video on demand. If you want to have this kind of ridiculous moment, then you can. Uh, plus, the movie itself is under an hour, 20 minutes. Well, there you have it. Shadow in the Cloud is available to many, many of us on digital video on demand options on the 1st of January or in some, in some select theaters. You'll have to bum around and find out if this is really your jam. Another why watch that sneak peek. There is a movie once in a while that could spark some conversations. Mm. And... I think we both got a chance to see a sneak peek of a movie that definitely, once you get to the end of it all, you <laughs> go, what? <laughs> how did we get here? I mean, you know how you got there, yeah. but you're kind of like, okay, let me backtrack for a second. You do pause and think. And I'm talking about promising young woman, not a promising young woman, <laughs> promising young woman. So who are we talking about here? We'll have to figure that out. And this also was um, a, a festival doing its little circuit around the festivals. And now it's finally coming to us in the theaters on December 25th. Now, ooh, mm. ugh. Mm. I, uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know how to... I don't know if I'm going anywhere December 25th, let alone to see this particular movie when I don't know much about it. So hopefully we can help you figure that out. This comes to us from writer-director Emerald Fennell, and she is packed with cast members. Yeah. <laughs> she she stacked it up pretty much. And in fact, if I if I dive into her a little bit. Oh, let's see if you find it. Oh, the crown. Yes. She plays Oh! Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I didn't give that away to you. <laughs> she plays Camellia. Yeah, Camilla, yeah. Parker Bowles. The 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 other <laughs> the other Bowling sister. No. In the recent season of The Crown, she plays Diana's nemesis, we'll mm. say. Her teacher. <laughs> oh God, that's terrible. Really? That's the way they set it up. Oh, that's mm -hmm. gross. I just, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm sorry to say that, but she wrote it and directed, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah. That, or she wrote and directed this, we're going to talk about it. What an opposite. <laughs> <laughs> she played that woman and then makes this film. So, yeah. Just, just saying that. Anyway, Carrie Mulligan is in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bo Burnham. Yes. Who I, you know, we, some of us know from various, you know, he wrote uh, Eighth Grade, which was a huge, huge, huge um, hit. But I first came to know him in um, The Big Sick. Mm. I'm sure he was in other stuff, but I remember him in The Big Sick. Mm -hmm. um, that was Imagine if beat. he directed this. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Um, Allison Brie yeah. is in this. We love Allison Brie here. Mm -hmm. uh, Mad Men's favorite. Uh, Laverne Cox is coming in strong. And then you have some like folks who show up like Jennifer Coolidge, <laughs> who I could not take seriously the entire time. I just, 
She's so like Christopher Guesty to me that yes. I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, sitting so, in that kitchen the whole time with the <laughs> with the camera like slightly above them, and, and Clancy Brown is the husband. Clancy <laughs> Brown. It was just a little, you know, like oh. But um, Adam Brody is in it, mm-hmm. so for a brief moment. But boy, does he um, he makes an impression. Shall we say that? Yes. Um, along with you know some other people who are going to be popping in and out that we've seen. But I have to, you know, acknowledge the fact that Connie Britton, I'll just say this. Let's just hope that Connie Britton chooses a little more wisely what to do if somebody comes to her with an issue. Oh, my goodness. Her poor daughter. Anyway, all of that to say, promising young woman is going to take some dancing. So we're going to listen to the critic shuffle his feet around this plot because there are some things he can talk about and some things you as you as a viewer are just gonna have to experience yeah and i'm not gonna really do much with this plot anyway um we have cassie played by carrie we see her passed out drunk at a, a bar club whatever guys are looking at her talking what you think they'd be talking about you know who's gonna take her home now Someone does. I'm not going to give away who these guys are. You'll just find out. Yeah. Someone does come over, takes her home, but looks like a nice guy. Is it a nice guy? I mean, she mm. is passed out drunk. She needs help. She doesn't seem to be with anybody there. So imagine that, everybody. The movie starts and you see this character already passed out drunk in a club. No friends. What are you thinking? Yeah. So we see what happens when she's taken home by this guy, how does she react to him? How does he react to her? And we come to find out across this movie that the title, what does that mean for her? Yeah. Because she is in her 20s. She is working at a coffee shop that is run by Laverne Cox's character. Okay, and that's hilarious (laughs) to have Laverne Cox play a coffee shop owner. Right. That's a funny idea. So she's there, she's not a great employee, all right? But somebody walks into the shop ref from her past. A blast from the past, yeah. Yes. And his name is Ryan, played by Bo. And Ryan is like, Cassie? She's like, "Uh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, who are you? And then we come to find out that in the past, she was a promising young woman. Now you'll find out what that means as well. Uh, So why is she in this coffee shop working when she could presumably be making a lot of money and have a lot of esteem? Why is she living with mom and dad, who we mentioned already, (laughs) the people playing them? Why? And they're exasperated with her. What's happening? Well, she has a plot that is connected to her past and some people have to pay. Which people? And And why? And why? And Mm. what does payment mean, Ref? And who's really paying in the Mm. end? Yeah. Okay. Now she meets like the ref didn't even go through everybody. I mean, is Alfred Molina in this cast? Yes. <laughs> you know, Christopher Mitz Plas is in it. I mean, it's just like you just never know who's going to pop up on her journey of seeming revenge. But there's a lot of hurt in this character as well. So with the hurt, with the revenge, can she find love? I mean, there is Ryan. It's very awkward between them. But they seem to kind of understand each other and kind of like each other. What's that about? And can it be trusted? And how in the world does Allison Brie fit into this? How in the world does Connie Britton fit into this? On which side of the equation do they land? The revenge side or the friend side? You'll find out when you watch Promising Young Woman. Now. Oh, boy. Raffit has some interesting ideas. A bunch of them. It has an eclectic cast, as we said. You'll know all of these people. And, you know, I will say for Carrie Mulligan, she's got the right vibe. That's what I would call it. And unsurprisingly, she delivers a well-considered performance. But the American dialect is questionable. We just got to say that. I'm sorry. I don't know why it had to take place in America. Mm. It's It felt British to me. It felt, it did. It felt mm-hmm. very British. And, the, and then come to find out, the director and writer is from across the pond. Anyway. Right. So there we go. Now, regardless of all of that, what Promising Young Woman really needs is to go further in its extremes to make its tonal shifts work. Surprisingly for me, Ref, I was like, you're holding back. Mm-hmm. Um, it just needed to be more fun, like it's ridiculously perfect soundtrack. Perfect. I mean, you get a song from Paris yeah. Hilton, 
okay? You get a, a, an orchestral version of Britney Spears' Toxic. Yeah, that was, that was, that was something. Along <laughs> with, okay, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears' Orchestral, and then you get something wonderful from the King and I? Perfect! He will not always say in this movie. Now, this is a mess, okay? But you might connect with it. You just might if you like this. If you like Harley Quinn, that DC character. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't call it bad. It shows promise. But ultimately, it's a muddled thought from writer and first-time director Emerald Fennell, as as we talked about. Now, in addition to acting, like we talked about for Emerald, keep in mind, by the way, Emerald was the head writer for season two of Killing Eve. Oh, interesting. So, okay, it's interesting. So Mm -hmm. here's the thing. I think that thematically, um, because we didn't talk about why the revenge. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about it, but I will hint toward it because it's in the trailer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's dealing with a very heavy subject matter. Like you said, you just talked, you, you gave us the first what 10 minutes of the movie a girl is intoxicated inebriated Mm. and somehow she's in a car with a guy what are his intentions is it to get her home safely or is it to get to his home not safely Mm -hmm. so i mean we're dealing with some of those thematic things and when you say if people watch this and they hear you go oh lighter you want it lighter like how could you go lighter this is dark the thing about it is from the start to the end we're taking on a journey Mm. and that journey has intention Mm. and if that journey has intention meaning this character knows exactly where she's going when she's going how she's gonna get there she's got a book and you better not be in it (laughs) or if you are you better like you said be on the correct side of the equation if you're gonna have it like that with the music you just named Mm-hmm. And, you know, dressing up in these different costumes and these different looks mm-hmm. and sort of flippantly, you know, whenever she comes across a certain kind of person who wants a certain kind of thing, you could see the eyes gloss over and she goes, OK, let's go. What are we going to do? That all takes a wink and a nod because we're going somewhere at the end. If you give me the wink and the nod, then I'm ready to go with you on this journey because the end is quite the end of it's quite a an event yeah. that happens and you throw and you you sit back and go, well, I knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. But some people may go, oh my gosh, wow, this is this is quite the the deal. And I have to liken it to um, Netflix's 13 Reasons Why. Mm. If you like 13 Reasons Why, mm-hmm. if you like that, if you're like, I love that show, then Promising Young Woman is the older millennial version of 13 Reasons Why. It is for the 25 to 35 year old who said, I just want another sip of that. I want another dose of that kind of resolution. Then I think Promising Young Woman will work for you. Was I blown away by Carrie's? Um, I certainly wasn't. I mean, th- this is an actress. This is an actor's actress. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's beautifully acted. Was she the right person for this particular movie? The smell of it, the feel of it, the where you wanted it to go? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I cannot confirm that. But I do know that when you get to the end, you're going to wish that you know, you better check your skeletons because <laughs> some check your closet, check your closet. You don't want to come across anybody quite like this. So with that being said, that's your new tagline. Check your closet, <laughs> check your closet. Um, well, check to see if this is first of all, playing at a theater near you on the 25th. It's not available any other way as of right now. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> Another why watch that sneak peek. Who would have thought mm. if you were to say Shonda Rhimes and Jane Austen, I would put those two together because, you know, they're both writers. I, I get yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But completely different eras, completely different aesthetics, mm. completely different love stories. But I guess Shonda Rhimes and Jane Austen. <laughs> are flowing out of people's mouths. 
Is that right? Is it proper? Because is this really Shonda Rhimes? And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the buzzed about Bridgerton mm-hmm. that is on Netflix on the 25th. On Christmas! I don't know if this is what you need to be watching. Your kids better be sleep. <laughs> when I tell you they better be teetered out sleeping with all their Christmas presents and make sure the fan is going on in the room <laughs> and the doors are locked. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you don't watch this in the living room that you watch it in the basement <laughs> so you can hear pitter patter going down the steps you, you can quickly change the channel that's the kind of Christmas movie this is this is Skinamax <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is not your average Christmas movie okay all that to say it's not not that crazy but Bridgerton <laughs> is coming to us from Shondaland is she show running? Is she writing? And uh, no, she is not. But it does come from her from her um, machine over there that pumps out hits. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. it is um, Chris Van Dusen who you know we were talking offline. Obviously, a favorite over there at Shondaland. I mean, he's been a part of Grey's Anatomy. He's dipped into private practice. I mean, scandal. He's yeah. all over Shonda's. Um, different uh shows so we definitely have that same you know he's following along the lines julia quinn came up with the original idea and chris ran with it and boy let me tell you something when i when i tell you that you know folks are showing up (laughs) are showing up (laughs) julie andrews yes mary poppins is Mm. showing up how how in what way Mm. Is she showing up? Ooh. I don't know. You have to. We have to, we have to kind of walk through that a little bit. Um, we also, <laughs> or do we? Do we want to walk through that? Uh. Um, we we also have um, some. I can't say that they're well known, but you're certainly going to get to know them. We have um, Reggie Jean Page, who is basically the lead. Mm-hmm. in this and we talked about him in another movie called Sylvie's Love yeah. and I have a feeling we're just going to see more and more of him so I'm, yeah. I'm super excited about that we and he also was in ha- For the People a previous Shonda show so you know oh was he mm-hmm. and he was in that Roots reboot too oh my gosh so he's probably been, ar- been around more than you think Mm-hmm. that he's been but um phoebe um denever is in it and i when you look at her you go where do i know her from if you watch on tv land yeah. our favorite show younger <laughs> that that is probably our favorite tv land show hands yeah. down she is um the baby mama of Josh. of Josh. Mm-hmm. So remember the girl who comes from Ireland? Yes. That, that's her. And, and it'll take you a minute to be like, where do I know her? Where do I know her from? That's it. So I'll just alleviate that. Then we got other people showing up and showing out like um, Ajoa Endo. She is coming in schooling all these young actors how to <laughs> act. She does. Jonathan Bailey who you'll recognize as well. Also, I'm going to end it here because I can just keep going on and on. Yeah. Um, I love um, Ruth um, Gimmels. She did an excellent job uh, as Lady Violet Bridgerton. I just have to shout her out. But I mm-hmm. do want to highlight Golda Rashuville, who is playing Queen Charlotte. And if you look up who Golda is, she don't look like the Queen Charlotte that you may see in the uh, paintings. We'll just say that. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. She's she's doing her hair and doing it right. So, okay, what is going on here? I know that we have to dance a lot, around a lot of plot points, and I know you're very, very good at that. And then I have to pose this question for you. Mm-hmm. It is Shonda Land's first TV show on Netflix with that big deal. We know that she closed. Yeah. It is not her directing, because she usually doesn't. It's not her show writing, which she usually does. And it's not even her writing at any point. So, knowing what I know, Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, and others. Is this something that I should run to Netflix to watch? And if so, should I binge this thing? Mm, wow. Yeah, and it's it's an eight-episode binge. Keep that in mind. It ain't half an hour. It's, you know, like 40-something minutes. Her. So it is 
1813, we come to find out. And the Bridgertons of the title are this wonderful family that everybody looks up to. They have all of these little kids, these kids, they got the sons and the daughters, all of them are wonderful and ready to just come out and get married and have money and everything else. Why are they so important? I don't know, they just say they are. Now, they have their mama, who's keeping them all together, and the oldest brother, because the father is gone. And the oldest brother wants to ensure that the family name stays what it is. Now, what's he doing in private, though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he participating? <laughs> uh-huh. Now, you know, they say don't throw stones in glass houses, okay? So his oldest sister, who's younger, of course, but the oldest of the sisters, is ready to make her debut in society and, you know, find a husband and so on and so forth. And the thing is, in this season in London, all of the young ladies who are coming out, they have to present themselves to the queen. Because if the queen gives you favor, well, you're gonna get a good husband. Now remember, it's 1813, so we're having fun with this, but this is serious. Like, if you don't get a good husband, you're not gonna have a good life. Your kids won't, your family will be disgraced. Your younger sisters won't be able to find good matches. It's serious, or is it? Mm. And the queen, the ref talked about who plays her, you come, you go, oh, that's the queen? <laughs> her and her wigs. <laughs> don't mess with that queen, I'm gonna tell you that. No, you don't. <laughs> Miranda Priestley would have to come correct, okay? I'll tell you that. But where's the king? Oh, well, well. Who is the king? Is there a king? What does the queen think about the king? Now, there's also another major family in this story, the Featheringtons. (laughs) (laughs) They're friends with the Bridgertons, okay? But there Mm -hmm. is something going on with this family that's not as picturesque as uh, the Bridgertons. I'll put it that way. And they have the daughters and all of that that need to, you know, do what they need to do. They ain't got no sons though. They do have husband and wife, mom and dad. Mm. Dad don't want nothing to do with none of this, but he does tell his wife, hey, we got somebody coming in. You need to take care of her. She needs to find a husband. Why? She comes in. Now, let's be clear. There is colorblind casting come coming yep. here. Yep. So be clear. Color, I'll say colorblind-ish. Yeah, ish, because they follow rules. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's not going to be, how are you her daughter? How are you his son? That kind of thing. It tracks racially. Well, and Mm -hmm. and Charlotte, the back talk is that Queen Charlotte was black or had some, you know. Exactly. So how did England in 1813 get a black queen? How did that... Uh, lend itself to lifting up people of African descent because now they're dukes and lords and ladies along with everybody else, okay? So that's the queen, like we said. And, you know, this young woman who comes in and needs to be taken care of by the Featheringtons, she's black too. And ooh, does she make a stir. She makes <laughs> such a stir. She ain't no lady though. She's a miss. <laughs> but she's a, she's a Swiss miss. You know, you got some chocolate coming in there. Now let me tell you something. <laughs> So, of course, we have the whole thing you expect from these kind of period pieces, the balls, the gowns, all of that. Who's making the gown, by the way? Watch out. (laughs) And surrounding all of this is the narration by Julie Andrews. (laughs) (laughs) She's the voice of Lady Whistledown. Okay? And Lady Whistledown will whistle all your business through the streets of London because she has... (laughs) She's got to deal with somebody with a printing press because they are coming with the gossip scandal from her throughout the season. And she seems to know everything that's going on, even in private. How? Who is this whistle down? Uncover Mm -hmm. her. The queen wants to know. Oh, yes, she does. And And so do... Reward accordingly. She sure will. Or punish. That's why she might go, um, next? What is taking you so long? Who are you? Excuse all of us. But she sure is reading that paper. I'll tell you that. Look, you can have the, you can have somebody playing a Stradivarius. She's reading. Whistle down. Okay. Now, somebody in one of these families wants to know this as well, or maybe more than one, how they all connected and why do they want to get down to the bottom of Whistledown? Because here's what happens. The oldest daughter of the Bridgertons, remember, she's a Bridgerton. Okay, that's what the show says. Okay, so she better get somebody good. 
Well, does she? What is her journey? And this journey leads her to somebody very important played by Reggie, Simon Bassett, who is a Duke and he's black. Now he's connected to somebody very important, Lady Danbury. She calls him Duke, but she treats him like a kid. This is godmother. Yeah. Yeah. So, and but what does that mean, right, Raph? What does it mean? Oh, yeah. Yes. Where's his father? Not in the picture. What's that like? He seems not to want to even talk about the man. Where's his mother? Where's his mother? Where are these people? And he's friends with the oldest son of the Bridgertons. Does that last? See, these are all these questions that come up, I should say. And he does like to box. I'll put it that way. Okay. So why? What's the boxing for? And how does he connect to the Bridgertons more than just the oldest son? Well, he needs a wife, right? So is he going to find one? Does he want one? Does he want one? (laughs) And in the end of all of this, where do we end up? Now, I'm done with this. Now, let's talk about this, ref. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm done with this plot. It's just, we could, it would take. It's ridiculous. An hour. It would take the length of the series for us to tell you all of the machinations that are going on. Now, look. (laughs) When I was watching this, ref, I was like, okay. Maybe we need lawyers because some of this was straight plagiarism. I am sorry. Excuse me. Y'all say what y'all want. Yeah, it's based on the book, like the ref said, by Julia Quinn. Somebody might get sued. But I don't know. But Jane Austen isn't with us anymore. So maybe they'll be okay. I don't yeah, know. Whoever's in her estate has not said a peep yet. <laughs> yeah. Yet. So like, especially Pride and Prejudice, some of this, you're like, this is literally <laughs> Pride. <laughs> and prejudice but not all and of it's it. literally not <laughs> yeah, exactly and then you go oh maybe it's not then some of it is like gossip girl julie andrews knowing voiceover who is whistledown same thing like gossip girl not a new idea then it also has some cinderella in it i won't tell you how yeah like, come on y'all cinderella and there's even some can't buy me love in this and then you got <laughs> all of that with the freedom that netflix provides Okay. Outlander moments, season one. I'll just say that. I know that ruffles your feather, but. I will come back to that. Yes. So, and and, and look, they give you a little plot twist or two. They're familiar as well. We won't give any of this away as well because Netflix will come after us anyway. Now, look. No, we're not going to do it. Even for a marriage plot, which this is in the Jane Austen vein, some of it just strange credulity. It just, my brain felt like it was being broken. At times things just happen without enough of foundation. And in some of the love scenes, I was laughing at them. I'm sorry, it was not romantic. I mean, and you'll see these love scenes. We won't tell you where they are and who no. them. Just listen to the violin playing. I was laughing. I was like, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I was fast forwarding. <laughs> But the question is, is it entertaining enough? Really, that's what it is. It can be laughable. We can have fun. It can be plagiaristic. Is this worth watching just so that you could say, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. (laughs) Ref, both of us know that people will watch this. Many people will enjoy it. If you are a Shonda head, you'll probably dive right in. You'll want another season. Um, In the end, for me, I found it dull, actually. Even with all of it going on, I was like, "Mm, I've seen it all. You really aren't showing me anything. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what I was thinking, Ref? And then, of course, you'll have some thoughts that I'm interested in hearing. I was thinking of earlier this year, we talked about Epix's Belgravia mm-hmm. from Julian Fellows. That is everything this is not. Belgravia is inventive. <clears throat> it's surprising. It's deliciously nasty. I mean, in that show, you got sons telling fathers, well, you better pay them. Now, don't look to me. Okay. It's sharply executed and fun. I can't say that about Bridgerton. If you have epics or have access and you haven't seen Belgravia, please watch it. For this, for Bridgerton, I'm not going to hate on it. I think if you are interested, definitely go ahead and watch it. I mean, I finished it. So that's something. But will I continue? Well, we'll find out. I think it's similar to Emily in Paris. If you like Mm. Emily in Paris, Mm. that vein, that very simple way of storytelling not nuanced and you know where it's going but don't care because you want to go for the ride mm-hmm. i think bridgerton is the um period piece companion of emily in paris it is what it is and there it is they're not trying to be historically accurate 
They're not trying to be, no, seriously. They're not trying to, I think we were talking offline, I'll out you a little bit. As far as, you know, the more intimate scenes, they're not, you know, obviously wanting to go for that kind of accuracy either. It was, it was laughable. It just, <laughs> I'm sorry. And here's the thing I alluded to in the beginning. I, I have to warn because I had no idea. I didn't know until mm -hmm. you get there. This is not for children. This is not for 18 and under unless you're that kind of parent. And you're just kind of like, well, they see it anyway. There is, and I'm, and I'm alluding to Outlander, and I know you don't like me doing that, but as far as the intense and frequency of the lovemaking, mm -hmm. it's, it's very frequent. It's, it's like lots. And again, we're not going to tell you who's doing this stuff or, right. or the people rather who are yeah. doing it. It's not just one person or two people. <laughs> but um, in the middle of the movie, you start, it starts to turn toward everything that's being said is to get to the scene. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to know that coming in because when you start it, it's not, I mean, yeah, it does start kind of, whoa, but it doesn't go to places that it does later on mm -hmm. in the series. And so I think you need to know that going yeah. in because it's not what you sign up initially for. So Can I just say one thing since it's Outlander and I didn't? Outlander is romance with adults. This is not. So let me be clear on that. This is, for me, I felt like I was watching kids, not literal kids, but mentally kids. They ain't grown. Watching no. Outlander, these are mature people who know what they're doing. I'll put it that way. Well, and but the fact of the matter is you're watching people making love. So yes. it doesn't matter yes. if they're adults, children. If that's not your groove, then, mm -hmm. you know, well, and literally in this case, so <laughs> if that's not your thing, then, um, you know, I think you need to know that going in so that you're not kind of like, oh, whoa, because with Shondaland and all of her things, they've never been on Netflix before. And so they've stopped at a certain place because of network restrictions well in this case you get the full kit and caboodle in some situations so i will say proceed with caution but you cannot stop the beat you know this hair's right you can't stop the beat you won't be able to stop the train people will be talking about this it'll be like it'll get a second season like emily in paris and you're just gonna have to either bite your tongue if this isn't your groove, bite your tongue and just smile and nod and not watch it or give in. It's not, a, there's no middle with Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. So this all comes out on the 25th of December. Very strange Christmas. Watch again. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.